Hi. Comic fam, good to see you today. Welcome to the Bags and Boards show. I'm your host, Comic Tom. And I'm Fire Guy Ryan. We have a packed one today. We're going to be chatting about some comic book things. It's pretty good stuff. It's year end. We're going to be touching on the top 10 variants of 2019. I'm excited to go through that list. Also, want to give a big shout out to Key Collector Comics, who curated it for us, the sponsor of the show. You know what? If you use Kotom 101, it's going to unlock a free full week subscription of the best comic book app that exists on the market. Easily number one in 2019. And I know it's going to be for 2020 as well. But what else do we have coming on this show? Oh man, I don't even know. We got a, we are speaking of the best of the year. We've got like a little little compilation video of our of our year. That's right. Of our twenty nineteen. That's gonna be some up. fun stuff. And exactly. we're also we're gonna chat about selling comics as well. We talk a lot about buying them, and we used to talk a lot about selling them. We're actually gonna get Back into in that day. a little bit here in a little bit. Also, we're talking about the Spider Man sex toy issue today. It's a story that I've been holding out on for quite a while and one that took some foreign hunting. Tom's been holding this one in. That's right. And I'm pretty excited to get into that one too. But before we do, let's chat with the community about a subscriber category that is unlocked when you're paying for the full service of Key Collector or if you're using that free week subscription. Future Keys. How would you describe Future Keys, Ryan? Well, it's a category on the Key Collector app that, as Tom mentioned, it unlocks once you subscribe to the app and you're not just using the, the free version. The Future Keys uses various like insider tips, uses solicitations to kind of source information about books that are likely to be keys once they come out. Over the, the next, next 90 days. Sure, yes. This is how you keep up on it. This is how comic book collectors right now are trying to like map out their speculation. Will all these be big momentous keys? Of course not. How can you know? No one knows. But comic books orders, they are, you know, they're out a few months ahead. So we have information coming in and this is a way that you can keep up on it. Let's chat about a handful of them that are coming up in the next few months. Let's go into the future, Ryan. Not very far into the future though. Just the end of January. 17th issue of Ice Cream Man is coming out, and the variant cover for that is an homage to Action Comics number one. One of those moments where you're going, all right, it's a variant. How can you know that this is going to be a key issue? Well, we don't. We legit, you can't know for any of these. But this one, it's a classic shot, dude. Look at that ice cream truck on the cover. I like it. I'm a big fan of this series, though. Dude, it's an anthology series, so even if you miss one, it's okay. You know, they're one shots. You can read them and have fun with it and then move on. It's super creepy. Now, Immortal Hulk. This is an easy one to recommend for a lot of people, but did you know issue 33 is a potential future key? Because of the first appearance of the Thoughtful Man. That's right. Potentially the first appearance. We don't know, but what we do know is that issue 33 comes out on March 4th. We're two months out now. This is a anniversary issue. This is the 750th issue of like Incredible Hulk as a run. That alone, I think, makes it worth picking up, honestly. Even though I think if you if you aren't getting Immortal Hulk right now, you should be getting Immortal Hulk regardless. Uh, you should be reading Immortal Hulk. If you are not reading Immortal Hulk, you should be reading Immortal Hulk right now. I need to make that absolutely clear. Read Immortal Hulk. Yeah, exactly. Just like Ghost Spider is another one you should be adding to your list. Shout out Sean and McGuire. Ghost Spider issue eight in March when it drops, teasing that there's going to be the return of Gwenum. I know, right? So that's all we know, but it's worth looking at and assessing months in advance to see if you want to throw a few bucks at this issue and reserve it on the shelf. And I would actually recommend every single one of these as reads to the community. So 
great category all around. And let's jump into another category that I'm a big fan of. Which category is that, Tom? It's called viewer comments. Oh, I know that. That's, you do? A, that's a fun one. Dude, it's one of my favorites because we get to hear from the community. They comment down below and then they also enter to win stuff. I mean, if you look over here, we have a giveaway that we're going to be announcing at some point of the video. It's right here. It's gorgeous. I know everyone's eyeing it. That's a giveaway. These are my pulls. These are not giveaways. Those are the giveaways. These are, these are for me. Yeah, there you go. Ryan is very protective of his comments. He doesn't even let me touch them. All right. So the first comment from one of our past videos, it was about our new segment. Whoa. That's a comic. Whoa. Eric Williams says, how about expanding the, whoa, that's a comic segment to include songs? Magneto and the Titanium Man by Paul McCartney and Wings comes to mind. Countless decent others exist beyond the carnage, pun intended, that is, well put. I appreciate that, Eric. (laughs) I kind of, I don't want to say I'm getting sick of it, but I'm getting sick of hearing that Venom song. It keeps coming back into the rotation and I had, I had blissfully forgotten about it for like the last year. He I knew, man. Marshall Mathers knew. He's like, this is going to break through and stay on the minds of people for years to come. Like a symbiote. Exactly. He gets it. All right. But you know what? Incorporating music into this segment is something I've thought of and I have a growing list. And if you have any like comic book examples where it breaks through the mainstream, whether it be in shows, television, cartoons, YouTube videos, or even music, we want to hear about them because we're looking to bring it to the mic. Hit up the comment section, please. Do it. Oh, just like Big Mike's Comics and Toys did just a few days ago. He says, the show is fire. My favorite Bill Sinkovich cover are DC, the question number one, and that Marvel Moon Knight number one variant, and oh, the Transformers number one, and oh, so much more. And I thought these were three really prime examples of just how like much variety this gentleman has in this talent for making just amazing art. Let's just break this down because... Let's put these in order. Transformers 1 came out in 1984. How would you describe this cover? It's like half cartoonish, half real life. Yeah, take out the portraits and you're seeing something that you would look at like probably like a, like a kid's show or something. A Transformers comic. Right? But then look at these portraits. It's like if you take the portraits out, it's a kid's comic. You put the portraits in, it's like, oh no, there's people living it's amongst like a, monsters basically. Like a romance novel or something. It's like, a, like two, cover, two heads, you know, just full size heads. They're right? looking all serious and dramatic. And in 84, he's drawing like portraits. Like, like they look like people, like yeah. real people. The realism is there. But then let's look at the question issue one coming out in February 1987. Just a few years later, completely different style. This one to me felt like a movie poster. Right? Yeah. There's multiple action sequences. There's blood dripping down the bottom border of the comic. Look at the smoke. Like how much intention behind every line. It's jagged. It's harsh. The question mark. The question mark. So dope. And notice, you know he can draw portraits. You know he can do faces very real. We just saw. We, we just saw it. But three years later, he's like, no, no, no. We're going to go a little bit weirder, a little different, and let the art do what it does. Interesting phrase. Right? And I bring that phrase up because you're going to see this difference in his art because that's how his brain thinks. I've heard Bill talk about this many times. He says, he when he discusses art, He speaks of it as its own entity, as if it's something in the room with him that's sentient. He calls the process like a conversation he has, and he argues with it, he says. Sometimes the art wants to do something that he doesn't think is going to be a good idea. It's too wild. It's too different. But in the end, even if he gets mad, even if he disagrees, 
the art always wins. And I think you see that in the variety of his styles. That's true. Yeah, he's definitely gone through different phases. And I think that's most clear in the third phase that we've that we've got here for you. That's right. The Moon Knight. Moon Knight cover. Issue number one, coming out in March 2014. I think this is one of my all-time favorite covers ever. It's a bold claim. Dude, this thing is gorgeous, and when you see it in person, it's very low print, very expensive book. It just, it shines, dude. It, it's like the feel, I don't, the best way I can describe it is when you're holding a golden, high-grade Golden Age comic book in a slab. There's like this, this vibrance from the colors and the age that just, it transcends other eras, and it, you feel like you're holding something special. This is a modern book from 2014. That's what it feels like to hold this book. Like in Pulp Fiction when you open the briefcase? Is that what I think it is? Mm-hmm. beautiful exactly <laughs> all right what did ed blackwell two say let's find out he said laugh my ass off the x-men have been gold balled lol i freaking love that dude yeah that's a nice little uh off the cuff uh catchphrase saying that you came up with last week how would you describe it like summarize what gold balding is so there was a character named gold balls that bendis introduced to the x-men a few years ago, who had a seemingly useless ability to just produce golden balls out of his body. They and just shoots in a straight boink. line, too. Yeah. Which makes it kind of weird. Like, you would think for a second, like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it like a laser? But when they're just like single balls that shoot like a bubble. It, yeah. It's like they're not going all over the place. It's like a straight line. It's, it's more just... of like an awkward kind of like puberty thing almost. It's like, what's happening to this, <laughs> this little boy? Like, he's just shooting bubbles out and... I don't know. Nothing really happened. And as far as I know, he didn't really do much. That was it. No one from, cared. From then on until Jonathan Hickman took over and decided to make those golden balls. Those are actually eggs. That's right. And that's how mutants can be resurrected. It's huge. Spoiler alert if you didn't read House of X. Everyone knows about the resurrection okay, because of the gold balls. Right. And if you didn't... Shame on you. Shame on you. You got to read them. Come on. Gold balls. Gold balls. So my thought was like, that's a... That's something that happens in comics where they take something from back when, kind of within continuity, change it to suit the needs of the story now, but in a freaking awesome way. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but sometimes it's like so good that you're, you know what? You're like, you know what? Just gold balled it. He gold balled that one. And shout out to Nate, our web designer. He actually made a design for a shirt in case I wanted to use it. So I don't think I'm going to be able to produce this one, but comic fan, let me know in the comment section below, uh, would you wear a gold ball <laughs> shirt? Yeah. If it's one thing to produce it, but it's another thing for someone to buy it and wear it out in public. So let us know, please. Next comment we got to talk about is Oscar Andre three. He says, Hey comic Tom, just wanted to say, love the channel. You and Ryan are the best. Thanks to a previous top 10 comics on the rise video. I was able to find a web of Spider-Man issue 70 in the dollar bin at at my local shop. Keep up the awesome content. Thank you so much, Oscar, for the kind words. We're glad you enjoyed the show. And this is actually a great segue into our next section of the video because this book, Spider-Man issue 70, the web of Spider-Man run, this is the first like Spider-Hulk. You've seen this cover before. I recognize it because it's coming out soon. There's a, there's a new version of this Spider-Hulk combination character that's being like reintroduced into the, uh, I think it's the Immortal Hulk title. That's right. It's going to be a one shot. So that's got people specking on this book and they've been picking it up over the last few months. This is an opportunity right now to mention to Oscar and to others who are purchasing comics that they're trying to find on the hunt because of value so they can use it to trade up, to sell, to get other grills that they really want and maybe don't can't afford right now, but they can put those together to put it towards it, whatever it may be. 
great example of a book that you should probably be moving right now, right? Before this one shot drops. Now, you know, will this potentially spike again in the future if this character lands? There's always that chance, which is why there's a lot of near mint copies being specced on and being purchased and held onto. But if you have a copy that's like VF or lower, prime time, get rid of it now, sell it to someone who wants it more, and then put that towards something you want. That's right. The fact that it's a one shot Spider Hulk comic that's coming out is kind of a clue that maybe this was not going to be an ongoing thing and it might be better to act sooner rather than later if you're holding on to one of these. You never know, but I like to give our opinions sometimes. and I think this would be a good opportunity to, especially with the next subject of the show. We're going to talk about some changes to the comic market that I think have gone kind of unnoticed. Hmm. Ryan, sometimes in the community we hear people who are concerned about the health of the comic book market. What are some things that come to mind as examples that individuals bring up when they fear the demise or the, you know, type of boom that could happen? Uh, you say boom, and I think of things popping, like certain bubbles popping, like too many variants. It's going to be like the 90s again. The whole comic book market is going to fall in on itself like it did 30 years ago. You hear, you know, conversations about where you should be putting money into. Why are you buying that minor key over this key, that cameo over this full appearance? You know, a lot of conversations that we make videos on on a regular basis here on the channel. But right now, I want to chat about one that has happened. A lot of people are being affected by it. And I think it has 2020 ramifications that you're going to want to know if you are a seller, whether you're a a seller, you know, with a large store, a retail store, or if you're just doing the small hustle and trying to move comics on a smaller scale, there are things that you want to know. And I want to be able to help you with it as a team. We have a lot of experience selling comics and not just me, not just Ryan, because you do too. You've been helping with the mail call for a long time. You know how to bag and board and ship a comic. Also, Jeff, Russ, collectively, I've been doing it probably since more than older than me. Basically, I've been right. doing it since we were little. So, thirteen you know, years old. Any questions, comments, please put them in the in the <laughs> comments section below. For real though, and we love to you know provide that value if you want to hear it. So, let us know what you think about this next section because I want to talk about five different eBay tips that you need to be thinking about as you go into twenty twenty. First thing is what is happening on eBay. That's good. Before you can start to fix a problem, you need to know what the problem is. The unfortunate right. thing is this has already happened. Back in 2018, this was voted in. And by this year, 2019, this has actually gone into place. We are seeing eBay now having to collect taxes for people to be paid to the government for particular states because states are now being hit with online internet tax. So this is a quote, actually, from eBay. Beginning October 1st, 2019, eBay will collect sales tax on applicable transactions for buyers in Arizona, California, Colorado, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nevada, North Dakota, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah. That's right. For states that are collecting tax, you don't actually have to take action. eBay does this for you. Now, this is a growing list. This is something that was brought up in the comic market as far as sellers go for years and years. I mean, if you've been buying and selling comics for longer than a few years, I know you've gotten this message from eBay. They ask their members to fill out and sign petition to prevent this kind of stuff because they're trying to not have stuff that's already been taxed before because these are all items that have been sold in the past, trying to prevent that from being double taxed and, and hurting this eBay market. And it's not just eBay. We're talking like online retailers across the country. So this is across the board, but we're talking about eBay in particular. Why? Because this is the main place people buy comics from and really where the market 
you know, the, the base level of where these prices really start. There's no bigger marketplace on the internet for, for our community specifically than eBay. Now, this list is likely the start. You know, Once states start to collect, others will get involved and want to do the same thing. I mean, you don't really see something like this reverting. And we're already seeing five to as much as like 10% increase in taxes for some of these comic sales that we've experienced as a team in certain states. Now we're seeing this rolled out to more. Take a look at this graph of other states that have online sales tax applying to their particular area. It's staggering. You're probably seeing your state right now. So here are five tips I want you to be thinking about going into 2020 that's going to help you in moving comic books and to stay competitive. The first one is staying competitive with your pricing. What are some things that you can expect buyers to do in this new market? So if you think about the buying process that somebody goes through and you're, you're putting something in your cart and you're all jazzed up and you're excited to go and to go to checkout, you look at the, the breakdown of every, you know, every little tiny thing that they are charging you and they charge you several. This is one extra line down there at the bottom that's going to be one more tax on there. And because it's a tax and it's a percentage of the cost that you're paying, it might be small if you're buying like a single issue, but if you're buying a single issue that is not cheap, then you have a giant like extra tax charge to you know think about and factor into your overall price. And that is going to turn off some people. They're going to make the decision to just not do it when they see that extra cost on there. A lot of people on eBay, a lot of sellers rely on impulse buys. Most people don't look at 20 comics before they buy the one. They look at a handful and then they go with their gut, what they want, because they want that one. They see the picture. A lot of factors go into it. But if you have this moment that's going to be happening across the board, which it already is, you know, I've chatted with a number of people in my community who are saying that October and November numbers are down. I'm interested to hear what the comic fan has experienced in the comment section below. This could be very beneficial and helpful to other people who are, you know, selling comics on the internet. If you're seeing a decrease in sales, because what I suspect is comic books that are under near mint, those VF and under, the ones that are going to be sold for less than their high their high end counterpart, those ones are going to be ones that are in a position that have to be more competitive. A couple dollars can mean the difference of you being on the screen or not on the screen. If there's an increase in the amount of comics because people aren't selling or aren't buying them aggressively then there is a good chance that that VF copy that you feel like is average price and should be sold at a certain point that you're now competing with others that aren't selling and now you adjusting that price just 5%, 10%, that could be the difference of if you move that comic or not. So staying competitive specifically on lower grade comics because there's going to be a plethora of those that are going to be available to the community is going to be a major point of success for those of you who are trying to move. That's a good point. You wouldn't think about that, too, because everyone's focused on the top stuff. Top stuff people want. Right. They're going to still pay more for that. But if anything, I imagine more people sacrificing the sale and possibly being patient and maybe just putting money towards a higher end copy, right? Especially with this extra tax on there. It might be the first thing someone does is say, maybe I'll just dock a grade down instead of a 9.8. I'll go for a 9.6 and see how much cheaper that is because of this extra tax. All right. So now the second tip I want to bring up to the community is based off of that change. Patience. I think people are going to be more patient if they're having to be more choosy of where they spend their money. I'm in Washington. I've personally paid an additional $50 in taxes this month alone on comic purchases because I have to pay an inflated amount. That's $50 out of the comic pool of me participating in the industry. All right. Personal example. These are happening in a lot of different states and it's increasing. I have a feeling people are going to double back on auctions and listings a lot more. 
if they jump out because they don't commit, it doesn't mean that that auction isn't saved in their watch list. Now, what happens at the end of a listing, like we know at the end of the month or the end of the two weeks, whenever the listing is set to end, what happens in the final hours of that time frame? A gentle reminder. eBay sends out a notification to people and say, hey, don't forget that this item is ending. If people are being more patient, that notification that a lot of us kind of just take for granted is going to be way more important, which means that you may not want to have every auction last the longest amount of time. 30 days is typical for most people because it's cheaper to do. You know, it costs money per listing. But right now, is we're describing a competitive market where you have to be quick about your flips. If you have that web of Spidey 70, you don't want to wait a month. Yeah, if you're dealing with hot books, 30 days is like, that's, that's way too long. You're taking too long. I suggest individuals starting to try out doing seven-day seven day postings for listings. You know, try to change it up a little bit so that you can get that added eBay notification help. That reminder is going to go a long way for people who are patient because they're trying to be more smart about where they put their money. Tip number three, no one's doing enough auctions. I feel like a lot of members in this community are buying a lot of comics, but not enough of them are listing and trading and being active members in this market. Trade up. Get better books. You know, if you want to have every comic book, that's awesome. Some people collect like that. Others want to have just a more quality collection. It's not so much about having mass. It's about having quality. So auctions are typically avoided for most sellers because you typically are risking out losing out on some money, right? But if we're in a market where people are willing to be patient and there's a lot less impulse buys, well, I think people are going to be more willing to be patient for an auction ending. One of the upshots of not impulse buying things is you have more time to let things percolate and stew. And then if you get one of these notification reminders about an auction that you might have kind of blown off earlier, now it might be more enticing to jump back in and maybe snag it at a lower price even. Auctions are a great way to move inventory, although they're risky because you may take a little bit less. There is a aspect of having something consistent happen every week though that'll allow you to move stuff faster that'll make it worth the hit that you could potentially take and i think across the board whether you're a brand new comic seller or if you are a store owner of years auctions aren't happening enough in this community there's a lot of people willing to just wait and let a book sit on ebay for years hoping that one person will buy it but then month goes by month after month, and you're paying for these listings every single month, and you're missing out on opportunities to move them. And now that it's going to get more competitive, they literally just going to start costing you money. You got to move inventory. And I'm going to encourage everyone to focus on auctions. Give yourself a quota this year. Make 2020 about having some consistency. Why? Well, because of tip number four, you got to be tightening up your shipping process. That's important, especially if you're just starting, like Tom's saying, you want to start off with good habits. And one of the easiest things to control on your end is how you send out a comic. Of all the different fees that we're talking about, whether it's eBay fee, taxes fee, what's the one thing that you can expect people to try to go cheap on to try to compensate for this change? Exactly. They're going to try and go cheap on the shipping cost. I expect a lot of people to start downgrading their shipping. I expect people to start trying to get away with sending things in envelopes. I think people are going to start sending things in boxes they shouldn't because they're cheaper and they're lighter weight. They're going to be willing to take bad feedback. This is obviously, here's a tip to sell comics. Ship your comics right. Of course, you're probably going like, what the hell are you talking about this, Tom? Like, who are you talking to? Obviously, you guys know this. However, I want this to be on everyone's mind. You, if you're shipping things right, you need to up it 
You need to make it that much better. In a marketplace that's filled with competition, if there's going to be an increase of people shipping things wrong, you need to outshine the rest. So if you're brand new at shipping and you're going to freaking Target buying your boxes at $2 a box, if you're going to Home Depot buying like the, the packaging stuff that costs you like, you know, three orders worth to buy one package. Like, no, you need to go to Uline. You need to put your orders in. You need to upgrade your boxes and you need to be pinching your pennies because other people are going to do it. And if they don't, they're sending out crap and you don't want to be in that marketplace. You don't want to be getting bad feedback because your shipping is subpar, especially when you have an opportunity to come out shining. Because number five on this list, I think, is the most important tip going into 2020. The little button called Save the Seller. Do you know that there's a Save the Seller button on eBay? It, it kind of blends in, honestly. Most people don't even know. Yeah. Every single listing. Think of how many listings you look at. How many? Like, if you're on eBay and you're scrolling through, you're searching different comics, you're looking at like five, six different comics. Every time you go on a, on a page, there's an opportunity for the person buying to click a little heart. It's like the freaking like button on Instagram. Yeah, it's like the subscribe button on YouTube. But no one talks about it because no one cares. Because for years, eBay has been a place of convenience. You can just post your stuff there, put the auction date way down the line, 30 days. If it sells, it doesn't. Auto relist and move on. There'll be somebody eventually. And what happens is people get caught up in just leaving it there, waiting, because it's easier. But here's the thing. That curates one marketing plan for moving comics, which is you're looking for that one single purchase and that's it. You find your buyer, they get the comic, you, you, send them it to, you send it to them, they leave great feedback, and that's it. You never see them again because, right, it's eBay. But here's the funny thing. Can you think of any time in your life that you do that? No. Ever. That doesn't make sense. Do you do that for any store? Especially if you know you had a good experience, it might be worthwhile to go like, hey, I should like put this specific seller in a separate folder spot that I can always find them at if, they, uh, if I might want to buy from them in the future. A lot of these tips are about consistency. It's about making your product better. It's about taking care of the, the buyer, the person buying comics. We all buy comics, so we know the feeling of getting good service. It's worth the extra money. And we're talking about having to pay more taxes. USPS fees go up every year, it feels like. It's getting worse and worse. It's these things that are going to matter more and more. You need to look at 2020 as an opportunity to make your eBay page a place that people routinely visit. Ask to have your page followed. Follow up your thank you email with a, hey, follow my page. 10% off any items on your next purchase. Try to get repeat business. All the person has to do is click a little heart. And now when they go onto their main member eBay page, you're going to have an opportunity to be roped in your, your items into their analytics because they know your page as a frequent stop. Make 2020 about finding your lifelong customers, your lifelong comic book buyers, and that's how you'll succeed. So motivational. Make it happen, dude. You just treat people well. You do. This is, it's like, it's so interesting, but the challenge of making this product like accessible, but also making it a good experience overall from ordering to getting it on the other end. There's so many avenues for it to go south and for a, uh, a cover price of $4 on the book, you know, perceived value being much more and actual value being more. But, but at the bottom line, like at the end of the day, we're talking about like trades that have a cover price of like 10 bucks that can't be shipped right. Like you just got to go out of your way a little bit more. New year, new you. 
hit the like button, hit the subscribe button if you like this type of information. And we'll actually come back on the mic and maybe expand on some of these ideas. And Ryan, I think, I think it's time, man. I think it's time we talk about some fun foreign comics. Oh, man, I'm getting a little hot under the collar here. <laughs> time to turn the lights off. Ooh, you want to get the, turn the lights off? All right, we're going to talk about... I just got that. <laughs> I just understood what you said there. I'm like, oh, is he actually hot? No, no. Um, it's about to get hot here. But okay, let's ease into mm-hmm. this fun Spider-Man. Yeah, I said it earlier on the show, sex toy story. And it's, it's freaking great, dude. It's so funny. Okay, we're going to move this gorgeous comic. We'll do a giveaway soon. But Thanks. I want to show you this. This right here is the first... I can see it right there. I'll make sure you have good pictures of it. This is the first... Portugal Spider-Man comic book ever printed. It's pretty dope. It's painted cover. It's got some pen marks, you know? Someone colored it in when they were in Portugal. I like that. It gives us some character. It's the first impression. It's the first official Marvel product printed in Portugal. And it's a reprint of ASM issue number 84. Hmm. So yeah, this story is from Amazing Spider-Man 84. Uh, It's called The Kingpin Strikes Back, or in Portugal... They called it Kingpin Contra Ataca. This is dope because there's a couple things going on with this. The interior is in black and white, but it is a translated edition. We want to make sure to use these words correctly. This is not, not a reprint. a variant. And not a variant. That's true. Not a reprint, not a variant, an edition. This has a lot of things going for it. First Portuguese Spider-Man comic book. Awesome. The cover is completely different than ASM 84. So that's like two different reasons why I really enjoyed this book. And then the interior is an actual translated version in Portuguese of the comic. Fantastic. Had to buy it. But what's also really cool is that we got fans in other countries that I'm finding doing this foreign, you know, work, trying to bring the foreign comic community to the masses. And they sent some gifts. Oh, man. This person sent me some gifts. So she sent me two different things. The first one is this Aranha 53. Now, I felt like I've seen this cover before. Looks oddly familiar. But then at the same time, I feel like I haven't seen this cover before. Those webs look all ropey. Well, I opened up the interior, and I don't even know what comic it adapts because I haven't been able to figure it out yet. It's a Brazilian comic, but then it hit me. That's Tom McFarlane. This is the Spider-Man from ASM 301. Yes. This is a 301 foreign comic book. However it's not the same cover and it's not the same interior. It makes more sense. He's swinging over New York instead of over the word 300 over and over. That does actually make a little bit more sense. So Todd. I was like, what's going on? That's <laughs> but it's still, <laughs> you just get really mad at him. I don't want to call you out like that, <laughs> sir. <laughs> but here's the cool thing. There's another Brazil comic book in here, a cover I've never seen. Aranha 105. Now this cover wasn't familiar with, but then you open up the interior and you find out that this is Spider-Man 300, the retelling of the story, uh, Spider-Man 300 edition in Brazil, but it's a different cover. So now we have two different Brazil key Spider-Man appearances because you have alternate covers and alternate interiors. I freaking love collecting comics. Never would have thought that all of that went into it. All right. And that brings us to this mail call that I got here. We have Amazing Spider-Man. Issue number 364. I had to find someone in Greece to hunt this down for me and send it to me. I was looking on eBay for about two months since Matthew Royball, shout out, introduced this to me. This is a Greek comic book that came out in the early 90s, and it's known as Spider-Man versus 
the sex toy. I don't remember that comic. Well, it's because it didn't exist. See, this issue is... We don't a, get anything cool in America. <laughs> for real, dude. All right, so this comic came out in the early 90s. It's a retelling of Spider-Man 364. And right here in this bubble, the literal translation is Spider-Man versus the Shocker. Now, the translator in the early 90s, his name was Vasilis. I believe I'm pronouncing that right. He did a cultural translation of the interior of the comic. He just did the translation as he was supposed to. But when he was given the opportunity to do the translation on the cover, well, instead of doing the cultural translation, he did the literal translation. And Ryan, what is the literal translation in Greek of the villain's name, the Shocker? You might not think it based on the name, but his name is Shocker and it's not... uh electricity based powers his powers are more based around sound and like vibrations and sonic booms and right. shockwave i guess is kind of more of like what they were thinking for call that, him like shockwave or that something, would have been a right? very appropriate and very 90s supervillain name that would have worked perfectly fine so uh, in english it's shocker in greek the literal translation is vibrator <laughs> so this translator got called in by the editor. This is the folklore. And the editor was like, what are you doing? This is like, that's funny, but what are you doing? Spider-Man versus the vibrator. Yeah. And they, and they, you know, had a bit of a chuckle, but in the end they decided, let's just do it. It'll sell. Right. Like, let's just do it. It's, <sighs> it's, it's, it's just funny. Is Who cares? Right. Let's just do it and see what happens. We'll apologize later. And that's what they did. So, Literal translation, Spider-Man versus the vibrator, the sex toy key. Had to own it. Hmm. Shout out to my homie in Greece. We're coming up on the end of the year, and it's got me feeling all remin reminisce -y. That's a word. I'm going to make that a word if that's not a word. And when we started this year, I definitely did not think this foreign comics side of things would, would be... I didn't even know that this whole world existed. And there's so many layers even within the foreign comics world, like the Spider-Man versus the vibrator issue. That's just got me excited. Like, who knows what's going to happen next year? Yeah, do you like these kind of stories, these types of comic books? Let us know in the comment section below. You picking up any foreign stuff? You know I am. Let's chat about some community shout-outs. This is something that I want to start incorporating into the show a little bit more going forward. There are a handful of other channels that are comic book-focused, oriented, that are just killing it. And ones that I actually consume for entertainment. Like, I legit notification bell on. I'm watching some dope comic book content and I want to have this be an opportunity we start doing more often on the show and we got to just like, it's year end and we got to give some credit where credit's due and I want to give a big, big thank you for putting out some amazing content. We got Felipe Jorge who is the cameraman behind the awesome show that is hosted by the hit comic book dude behind the counter, Glenn, over at Comic Book Palace. Comic Book Palace. Terrific YouTube channel. Terrific show. This is like a conversation I've had with so many different comic book dealers who run stores that like when they're, they talk about our channel and what we do and, and you know, how they like that, the kind of focus we have on comics and what we talk about, you know, sex toy issues and what, whatnot. And one thing that they mention all the time is, oh, if there was a camera here just recording everything that took place, it would be an amazing reality show. I just need a cameraman. And freaking Felipe, he had an opportunity and he did that. And that's what Comic Book Palace is. 
it is a show that comes out every few weeks. You know, they put out when they can because it's a nice chunk of content. It's like a half hour long, if not longer, most of the time. And it is you in a comic book store with comic book people that become to be familiar faces that you enjoy to see. Shout out Alex and James. And you get to be there in store experiencing comic book culture from your home. A really a key thing to remember with this, too, is that it is very highly edited. I think... If you think about just putting a camera inside a comic shop and hitting record and just putting that on YouTube, that would be extremely boring and dry and uninteresting. No, they get a lot of footage and they have to edit it down to the most exciting. Those moments that are just choice. When a customer or a friend of the show, someone new, someone old comes in and gives their raw opinion about a comic they literally just read and had to just talk to their buddies about. You feel like you're there. I've had this experience at the comic shop all the time when I'm looking at comics on the wall and I hear other people in the background talking up at the counter behind, you know, about comics that came out that week or whatever. And I'm just like listening to the conversation, but I'm like not really part of it. You know, like taking it in. Yeah. That's what it this feels like. This is how like. you do that. But without, you know, putting yourself out into the real world where bad things can happen. And there's so many cool things they do on that show. You know, you have reviews, but you also have the real life day to day operation of a comic book shop owner, Glenn, who is all about customer service and serving his customers and his friends and family there. And I just can't recommend it enough. I personally watch every episode. I'm going to put the link to their YouTube channel in the description. And I definitely recommend you go and give them a subscribe. Let them know I sent you. And if you have any other shows that you like, there's a lot of, a lot of friends in the community that I w- we will be giving way more shout outs to um, in the future. But I just wanted to come on the mic and really focus on this one that has entertained me all year that we've never talked to. Really? No, I never have. I mean, they've watched our show. I've seen a couple oh, things, really? you know, come up here and there like, oh, yeah. Comic Tom was talking about this. So I know they watched the show, but we're not friends. I haven't like chatted with them, like a lot of members of the community here. So we didn't forget about you. But if there are other channels that you enjoy, Comic Fan, please, in the comment section, let us know. We're always looking for awesome quality comic book entertainment. And I would love to highlight more community channels. Well said, Tom. Well said. All right. Speaking of like year end kind of things, okay? It's the end of 2019. So we have to talk about the top 10 comics of the year. So we're going to do that. But we're not going to do the top 10 comics of 2019 just yet. We're going to separate this list off and do right now the top 10 variants of 2019. Whoa, plot twist right at the last minute. I know, right? Ah. Oh my goodness, what's happening? So ah. right out the gate, we're going to put this Immortal Hulk Issue number one, the Codex variant. Dude, I freaking love this comic. And we didn't put it on this list, but this definitely could have been a, you know, honorable one that may have made it. But this is a gorgeous cover. If you want to win this, comment down below on today's podcast. Let us know what you think of the video. And make sure you're commenting on the podcast video because we will re-release this and... We're going to pull comments from the actual main the podcast. hour-long full podcast, 21. not, not the s- smaller little clips. That's right. So we're going to be giving this away for this podcast. So comment down below, like, and subscribe. But let's get into the top 10 variants of 2019. These are the ones that are spiking. These are the ones that are hot. These are the ones that surprised us. And these are the ones that I'm going to be watching as we go into 2020. Wouldn't be a top 10 list without number 10, Usagi Yojimbo. Issue number six. This is the Jeff Darrow variant. Gorgeous, dude. One in 25. Creeping up, man, all year. This book was going for $75 out the gate. We're seeing highs of $100 for this issue. And it's a retelling of issue number one. 
written by Stan. And it continues. It has more pages to the story. So aside from it being an anniversary issue, this has a wraparound cover that's amazing. So much detail. It's like an anniversary issue with extra bonus features. Yeah, it's like there's just layers upon layers of why someone would want this book. And clearly they do. It's on the top ten of the whole year. So well, well done, Usagi. Number nine on the list, we have some Sean and McGuire goodness. Ghost Spider, issue number two. This is the one in 25 variant. It's that classic Gwen shot of her holding her cell phone. It's one of those ones where you describe it and you go, yeah, I don't see that being a hot cover, right? Right. But then you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, I want that. This comic came out uh, in September. It's actually relatively recent. The uh, average raw sale is going for 60, but the high sale of a 9.8 was at $350. Who is the cover artist? Peach Momoko. Dope book. And Key Collector, you knew that Nick couldn't pass up making this little edit the day that this was dropped. I freaking love this. He put Key Collector on the phone. Sneaky. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky, Nick. Next on the list at number eight, we have Spawn issue number 299. San Diego Comic-Con. This was a limited run of 500. We saw spikes right out the gate, $165 average sales. We're seeing high sales of 550 for this book. This isn't the only Spawn book on this list. Spawn was on the minds of a lot of collectors, a lot of variant collectors, as well as speculators and for good reason with that milestone issue landing just a couple months after the debut of this copy. And this was the year, too, that details about the uh, the upcoming Jamie Foxx Spawn project started to kind of trickle in. So you probably might expect to see some more Spawn buzz in the near future. Tell them about number seven on the list. Number seven is a little weird because it is two comics. It's we like, had to put them together. Dude. Yeah, it's a pair. So uh, the 50th issue of Rick and Morty, there were two different uh, 1 in 25 variants, one having the cre- co-creator, Dan Harmon, and one having the co-creator, Justin Roiland. So as a pair, both of those are going for about 350 Dude, we saw highs of this comic, like this set, at $620. Would have never thought there would be such investment value in a cartoon adaptation. People go crazy over Rick and Morty stuff, though. Like it's the, really good. The sauce, but still, you know, dude. Like, it, yeah, I don't know. There was like sauce selling. We live in a weird world. People love Rick and Morty, dude. I love Rick and Morty too. But again, dude, six hundred and twenty dollars for a creator variant. It's cool, but it's, it's staggering. It's but fascinating it's, to see. It's got to be whole years done to see what moved and what didn't move over the course of a year. Number six on this list, we have X-Force number one. This was a hidden gem McFarlane variant. Mm. Average sales were $125, $250 highs for this comic book. Now, what was fun about this is that I felt like I had seen this cover before, but I couldn't like put my finger on it. I couldn't figure it out. And then I started going through my Rolodex. I started going through my Spider-Man runs. I'm like, oh, this has to be like just a rehash of a cover he's done in the past. And I am fairly positive that this one in a hundred variant is a cover swipe just inverted of Spider-Man issue number nine from the Spider-Man run from the nineties. McFarlane's own run? Yeah. It looks like the Wolverine is just like reversed. Interesting. All right. I wonder if he will sign that book. It'd be, you know, he's got a list. He's got a list of no-no books and he's checking it twice. That might be on there. How festive, Tom? How festive? (laughs) All right. Let's look at number five on the list because we're talking about McFarlane. Dude, McFarlane's all over this list, man. We got to chat about Spawn 300 and you know which one it be. So this New York City Comic Con gold variant is pretty pricey. It was a pretty big deal at that con. Apparently 
There were rumors. I wasn't there. You were there. But there were rumors that like people were fighting over this, like actually fighting. That's right. It was one per person, and you had to wait in line, and people were getting aggressive. And you know what? There were only 500 of them made, similar to the Spawn 299 that we discussed. So if you got a VF copy, you got a VF copy. So the average sales, although out the gate it was selling for like four to $500 like that within that first week, made the list and everything, well, it leveled out to being right around two to $300 average sales because, you know, there's a lot of lower grade copies also hitting the market. Jeff actually got his hands on one and it was the only available copy he could get. And he's like, dude, it was a VF. What was I going to do? It's only 500 of them made. Well, we're seeing a high sale of spawn 300 gold of a $900 at 9.8. It's like almost actual solid gold. It's crazy. Might dude. As well be. Dude, I, I think that's a book that could exceed a thousand dollars as we go into next year. Never would have guessed. All right. Just like no one guessed about number four on this list. As you know, Tom, uh, one of my favorite issues of the whole year mm-hmm. was Marvel Comics Presents issues five and six, you know, with the <laughs> introduction of Wolverine's daughter. I love I love me some Wolverine. So if I can get his daughter in the mix too, you know, the more claws, the better. <laughs> so those issues were, were very popular this year. However, just before that, issue four, you had a pretty cool Bill S. Moon Knight variant cover. And not a lot of people were getting this comic at that point because there was no real reason to, like there was in the immediately following issues with Wolverine's daughter. So not a lot of people ordered this comic. And this particular variant, you had to order 50 copies of to get one of. That's right. It's a one in 50 Bill S. cover. Marvel Comics presents issue number four, one issue prior to the key moments in this run. And that's why we're seeing this book being placed at number four. $225 average sales for this Gorgeous Moon Knight cover. $450 highs. Comic books. This one makes sense. Number three. Number three on this list makes a whole lot of sense. Right. I'm looking right at it, actually. Well, looking at two of them. Yes. If I move this way, I'm looking right at it. It is right behind your head, Tom. This was an easy pick to put at number three. We had to do it. Marvel Comics presents 1000, the D23 exclusive. Now, we have the color variant making the list because that's the one that's selling aggressively. $250 average sales with a high of $800 for 9.8s this year. Now, of course, there is the sketch variant that was given away at a panel hyper exclusive but the color variant was limited to like a one per store so these are both very scarce variants one the sketch hasn't even been sold on the market yet so there's no perceived value at this point so we have to put the color one on this list people are still hunting for it and i think this one has legs as we go into 2020 that's what you call a humble brag yeah there you go and then we have at number two on the list this one i think is the surprise of the year I would have to agree. I, I did not see this one coming for multiple reasons. You got to give thanks to the DC recall notice. Right. I don't think this would have been nearly as big of a deal if it didn't create like a copyright claim situation. We have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the freshman force, the no number Wonder Woman variant. Right. And I mean, it's it's a political comic. So right off the bat, it's going to have a certain level of controversy. Of course. And that's got people buying it. And it made that book hot. It's actually a gorgeous cover. Like, it's a beautifully drawn cover. Yes. It's very, very uh, masterfully crafted. However, uh, she is drawn as Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's a big no-no. Big no-no. Especially if this is not a DC comic book. So DC Comics uh, put the kibosh on this. Kibosh. And that made this 
comic books shoot up in value like no other really on this list that was sold in the States. Kind of giving you a little bit of a peek at number one. All right, so average raw sales, $350 for this book. And that's like, you know, you're, you're considering your fine and VF copies, the ones that were read and then, oh shoot, I'm going to put it online because it's selling. We saw a height sale of $850 for this book. There is no other variant that surprised me more than this one this year. Yeah, I, I kind of almost forgot about this one, honestly. There you go. All right, and then let's wrap up the list. At number one, do us a favor, comic fan. If you found any value to what we do here for you, please hit that like button. It does so much for our channel. We need your support now more than ever. The number one variant of all of 2019, it's a Singapore variant. And we're talking about Spawn issue number 303. This was limited to 250 copies. Average raw sales of this book is $400. We saw $500 copies fly off eBay listings. People were aggressively buying it. And it's just an interesting one because it happened out of country. Top sale of this variant this year, $1,000. That'll do it. Only 250 of them exist. So I guess you're going to have to pay a little bit if you, if you want one. Yeah, it's a virgin variant. And you obviously, if you're looking at this cover, you see why people are attracted to it. It is beautifully drawn. And it's done by... Cal New, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Apologize if not. And this comic book is only one of three Spawn books to make the list this year and one of four McFarlane titles to be top dog for 2019. Congrats, Mr. McFarlane. Not a bad year for the Todd father. We do appreciate the work he does, and we also appreciate the market for doing what it does, giving us a bunch of interesting stuff to talk about. It's so fascinating to watch the trends and to see what comic books land in the community. And I'm excited to follow these as we go into 2020. Yeah, and these are just the top 10 variants of 2019 also, but and you'll notice throughout other videos that we're putting out through the end of the year that we're going to be looking at top 10 other things from the course of 2019 too, so stay tuned. All right, comic fam, we do appreciate your time today. We have a fun little video that we compiled, and this is just kind of a, you know, a little bit of a blooper section, a little bit of a highlight of the past year, and we hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. Please. I demand that you enjoy. We have a bunch of fun stuff that's coming out right now. What, what am I saying? You said great I... stuff. It was awesome. It was great? It was great. Should I just keep it going? Oh, yeah, either cut it off or <laughs> kick it to me or whatever, okay, but okay. it was great. Okay, okay, okay. okay, I'm going to try one more time. Okay. It was great. Yeah, we're trying one more time. This takes place before Infinity Gauntlet 1. Uh, yes. Did we figure that out? Did we figure this out? Uh, Did we do any research on this book? No. We no. We never do. We actually, I've never read any comic book. We just guess. <laughs> I, we guess. <laughs> what if we were really accurate guessers? What if that was our superpower? What if our superpower was being super accurate at guessing? Like, we're almost there. Like, shoot, how many people you think they have? And Ryan comes up jelly the beans back. are in that jar? Yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You give it the face. <laughs> that's it right there. 796. <laughs> it's like, it was 800. Whoa. It's like, Ryan was pretty close. <laughs> it's good, but it's not precise. Like, okay. Dude, you have never looked better. That's a lie. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. We had something totally out of left field happen. We have been talking about Walking Dead for a long time since yes, we, we have. We're going to get into the ending of Walking Dead, mm -hmm. the comic book. Yep. Yeah. 
its ending. That sounds like a like a kid who's crying because he doesn't get what he wanted. Uh, but I wanted the Hulk 181, Dad. Not 180. No one likes 180. <laughs> I like 180. I like 182, man. Well, I like both, 180 and 182. I don't like 182. I think 182's cover sucks. Don't judge a book by its cover, Jeff. How about a comic book? That's okay. Ryan. If I was to drop a book into a pool, it will, it will get wet. Right, yeah, the water will seep into the hole. Yeah, okay. like if you so take, yeah, because then, you know, we tested. So it's not waterproof. Them. No. Someone paid 20, like, when my mail person walked out with this box, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. So it's like the coolest community ever. So like, let's see what was sent. Yeah, if you type in Fire Guy Ryan on YouTube, mm -hmm. before our show, all you would see is pictures of BJ Novak in the office. His name's BJ. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, his name. It's uh, his name and the beach. <laughs> the beach. Yeah, the beach. He is like one of the main creators of the show. He is. I just keep forgetting. I see it written all the time. But <laughs> Ryan just laughs because of the word BJ. <laughs> <laughs> you can get. I can't get past BJ. Uh, He's like <laughs> BJ. I'm already laughing. Sometimes six point five comic books are worth eighty thousand dollars, and sometimes they're not. <laughs> 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 I cut myself in that whole thing. I cut my finger. So we have two Venoms and one Spider-Man sketch that has made it out there and presses all over it. Marvel is excited that people are finding them. I think they were waiting for someone to claim them. Secret variants are great in my book. It gets people going into LCSs. Baseline for a good fight scene is Helm's Deep of Lord of the Rings. So it's like, if you can't even get like 30% there, and like you didn't do a fight scene, you didn't do a battle, you didn't do anything important. And every single time this show fails me on fight scenes. Should have been memorable. Brian Singer built a four wall set. So he was watching on little video monitors and he wouldn't let anybody see what was on the screen because he was getting up stark naked. And Len and I wanted to see. <laughs> hey, we're the creators. There are some privileges here. But for today's episode, we have partnered with our good friends, Comic Tom and Jeff, the Golden Age Guru. Metal Shark Bro is about. It's about a shark that eats a... A devil worshiper. But by doing so, becomes a heavy metal guitar axe wielding rock star. But all the shark wants to do is become a shark. It's killer. And it's by Scout Comics. Whoa. We have... I've never seen that in person. Look Nor at that many comics. Oh, oh man. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Godly Comics? And he's like, I just have a feeling. Comic karma, like, I, I gotta do it. This is nuts, man. You. What is this? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Lisa, I want a copy oh, of this book. My parents just assumed that comics were cool and like, and nothing was wrong with them. The thing is, it that legit, like, I just like poured over, I like read all the drawings in it and everything. So I just mainly try to stay true. What I try to do is kind of look at what is in the DNA of that story that got people going, find a way to replicate it in a manner that 
people would not expect. I like that you brought brought the knowledge, so you didn't roll up like some newbie. You busted out that Committee 19, and you were hauling your uh, 30 Days a Night hardcover, and I was looking at it, I'm like, okay, this kid ain't playing. And as always, Kaba community, what should they view you? Um, they should geek responsibly. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I've never said that before. <laughs> I feel it there. I like that. Keeping it simple. Well, you know what? Today, we're not going to keep it simple. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, I'm hoping to ruffle some dang feathers today. That's what I want to do. We're kicking off the show, Russ, with our first sponsor. We were talking about the Key Collector app when I think we had 400 subscribers on this channel. We are very, very proud to say that we are sponsored by Key Collector. And then we have a variant by Jeff Lemire that's going for $400. And I have my man, Dinesh Shandasani to tell us why it's in the number two spot. He used a knife. He's like, he's stabbing. He's stabbing the glass to get in. Coming in at number five, it's my book, Moon Knight number 14 by Bill Sienkiewicz. <laughs> Did I sound like enough like a DJ there? <laughs> How many letters are in the alphabet? Yeah, it's like 26. Right. <laughs> so if you're selling packs of 23, 24. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I mean, what's the point? We're yeah. laughing because I said there was 24. <laughs> Eminello. Yeah, Eminello P. And we're kicking off January right with Thor, Donnie Cates, my first Marvel Comic Tom exclusive. Comic fam, thank you so much for taking the time to watch our video and all of our content this past year. This is the last podcast of 2019, Ryan. Wrapping it up. 21. Up. All right. So one quick thing, although we're wrapping up this video, the mics are going to keep going. They're going on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. We have a bonus show that we record and you can go and check it out there on those audio only platforms. I want to give a big thank you to our sponsor and really for the whole freaking year, dude, Key Collector Comics. They made so much stuff possible for us. This is the best app to be using on the hunt but overall man this is like the coolest sponsor to have for the show because i sincerely use this every single day and i know it brings so much value to the community and i feel freaking proud to have them as a sponsor also nick's just a really cool guy like i feel like that part doesn't get said enough i know i actually know him nick's awesome yeah he's a good friend he could just be like a guy that we have some kind of corporate sponsorship relationship with like some guy that we don't talk to but nick is like a friend dude he would be sitting here if he lived up in washington come on nick what the hell but we do appreciate you, Nick, and Key Collector and the team that all makes everything possible. Um, hit the link in the description. Use the code TOM101 to unlock the full week subscription and try it out. And I and you're not going to be charged or anything after that week trial ends. It's not like that. You know, honesty here. We don't want you paying for something you don't want. But you're going to try it out. And I encourage you to because you're going to find some awesome comics on the hunt. Use the code TOM101 and, yeah, help support the show but get yourself some dope books. We're not done yet. Don't forget about the after show. That's right. We're going to keep the mics going and we're going to chat about a year end review. Sure. Dude, you started this channel with me, man. I you did. were in the first few videos and I want to chat about how 2019 was to us, what our goals are, what we're going to be doing as we go into next year. So you're going to definitely want to follow us on those audio only platforms. And Ryan, dude, remind the community about this dope Comic Tom exclusive. We have a variant for Donny Cates' new Thor series, issue number one. It's exciting. By In Hyuk Lee, or Lee In Hyuk, however you would like to pronounce it. And I am so stoked, humbled with the opportunity to work 
and partner with Marvel freaking comics. And the people who are going to benefit most from this partnership is the community. Go in the description, join the community. Now is no better time. Correct. Now is the best time. Absolutely. Get some comics from us and we'll get you a freaking dope variant every single month. We appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. The best community in the world. Hope you have a great new year. And as always, keep responsibly. Enough said. Scott Abram, you won that Blade variant from last week's giveaway. And then, oh, Kelly King Chloe, you won the Red Sun trade paperback. Excited for you to read this trade. Comic fam, we got two other videos for you to check out. And Happy New Year. Oh my goodness, it's the after show. And it's the last after show of the year, Ryan. Okay, so first thoughts about some of the big changes we've made. Like just off the top of your head, when we went into January 2019, we were doing things a bit differently. We were doing different types of content. We had a different schedule. We released different types of stuff. We were doing live freaking podcasts at one point. Like I want to know your thoughts, your gut response of like how different it is now and where you hope to see the show going forward. Specifically, I'm actually reminded January 2019, you mentioned we were doing a live show last year. And there's uh, some sort of noise outside. That's fine with me. Anyway, January 2019 was last year we did a thing where I would put sticky notes on my books. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. When there was like, I don't even remember what it was, like a little a little breakdown of it and a little grade. And like at the end of the month, we were going to do like, these are the top five books that Ryan got all month of his pull list out of January. So if you're reading like 60 to 80 books a month, how do you keep track? And then how do you know which ones you're going to talk about until you decide to sit down and do a podcast? So the best way to do it was take notes of everything with the hopes that we may bring it up. And holy smokes, did we have to change that process? Yeah, it did not last very long. It was I picked Naomi, thing. though. Dude. Naomi was my number one book for January. Dude, I, we still have that on the, uh, in the backlog of videos, the moment where you're like recommending Naomi to me. And I'm like, dude, that sounds really cool. And people are like, oh, I want to go pick that up. And you're like, dude, it's a really good story. I think this actually may be something. There's something to this character. You should probably go and buy it. I bought more than one copy. and I don't typically do that. You were buying variants and you're like not a variant collector. No, so I'm I like, wanted to get everything for that series. Dude, and I did get everything for that series because of you. And within like a week of that video, pew, Naomi shot up. It shot up and then it kind of, Went back down a bit, but exactly. because, you know, you don't know, you yes. know what's going to happen. And hype is hype, dude. Like you, you can't control it. You can't tell when Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the freshman force are going to hit 850 freaking dollars. You never know. No, you don't. And that's how comic sales roll. All right. So what else? What else this year? You know, there's some big changes. We, we kind of stopped doing breakdowns. Yeah, we stopped doing that. We finished our Infinity Gauntlet breakdown, which we never thought we would do. No, that was a whole project for the majority of 2018 and like the first mm, third of yeah. 2019. No, I don't want to say half because we finished before the summertime, but it was a, yeah, it was a lot though. It's a, uh, it's a comic book breakdown sized hole in my life. Eventually, <laughs> I think we'll get back around to that, but it's, uh, it's kind of nice not having to deal with, with that kind of, there was a constant breakdown pressure i want to say it's not had. easy dude doing no. trying to like take on a comic book because of something that's relevant but then making that comic book into an exciting show to watch without just reading it on camera right and we tried to like focus on our improv i think we kind of trained a lot we kind of practice ourselves on the mic and we kind of use that as a vessel to do it and i'm proud of what we did and we have some really funny moments from the from those shows that we did too yeah, and I'm always I'm always recommending people if they want something to watch. Like that whole playlist is fun to go back and just 
put on, if only to see kind of the progress, the progression that we made on this channel for the first like year and a half. For those of you who don't know, we went through every issue that encompasses the Infinity Gauntlet saga from Silver Surfer 34, clear until, and, you're, and Ryan's wearing Silver Surfer 35, it's a shirt right now, which I thought was very fitting, yeah. but you can't see it, comic fan, but trust me, it's he's wearing it. And yeah, we go through everything, every tie-in, every crossover, and then we even went back and we're like, you know what, this wasn't included in the list, but we read it and it should have been. And yeah, we skipped one. We had to go back and redo it. There's a whole, there's a whole thing. It took over a year, yeah. so it was a process. My favorite parts, though, were when there were sincere moments of us like experiencing the gauntlet for the first time, like the story. And I felt like we were reading it when it came out. Like there was yeah. a point where we were like, "Oh, they messed up. They they screwed up. There's there's something that's not in continuity. Like it just it's out of continuity. It doesn't work. They made a mistake. They drew this in this way. We cats out of the bag. We thought that." We know we uncovered. We took something. down Marvel Comics single-handedly, and then like, to come back to the mic the following week. All right, we read the next issue, and uh, we were wrong. We were wrong, <laughs> but that <laughs> yeah. was like a great feeling because I felt like that's how people were. Like that's people how wrote it was in. at the time. Yep. That's how people wrote in, and it was just ridiculous, dude. It's like reading the in the back pages, looking for things to talk about what people experienced. We were experiencing those things just in 2019. It was freaking beautiful. Yeah, it'd be it'd be nice to get back to. Uh, some sort of extended comic book storyline breakdown, but something that's not 50 issues would be right. another, would be a nice rule to, to kind of keep in mind next time. Do you have any like favorite things that we've started to do this year? Other than this podcast? Like that's, that's a pretty easy one. That's the easy choice. I really enjoy the podcast. I think that's been something that I was excited about. It's trying to find something that would bring value and entertainment that would accompany our most watched show of the week, which is the top 10. You know, typically it's like oh, we're kind of struggling to find something that would compete with that. But the podcast, the way that we release it and where it's going and, and the audio formats is actually doing more views than anything we've ever done on this channel. The idea was to have you got the idea what a Comic-Con, right, for to have something longer that people right. could just kind of have on while they're doing things. And that's such like a simple idea that it's kind of surprising. We didn't we didn't try that out before this. Right. Walking the con floor and meeting our fans in person. It happened way more this year. That's probably one of the highlights of my year is meeting people at conventions. There's so many more fans that looked for me at the show, went to the comic section and asking at the booth, you know, to meet me. So like I got to meet people in person. It was such a humble and rewarding feeling. And it was a constant thing. I want longer content. I want more. I listened to this while I bag and board. And it was the dealers. The actual dealers were the ones that pushed it over the edge because I heard it from the fans. You know, more content, of course. But then I had dealer friends going, dude, I literally listened to your show while bagging and boarding my, like I prepped for this con to your show. And all I can think of is, oh, they're just going through 10 minute clips. We got to do more. Yeah. We got to do more. You can't be getting up to like click the next video every time or hoping autoplay doesn't take you off some stupid rabbit hole that you don't want. Which happens all the time. But yeah, Love that's you, probably YouTube, one, of, though. one of my highlights, I guess. Um, for you said you said conventions, and I yeah. got I got to mention the one con I went to this year when we had that talk with Donnie Gates. That was a, that was a standout moment for me this year for sure. That was a fun accomplishment we made. I think overall that was like as far as a personal accomplishment for the content that we produce, figuring out how to make content creators in this industry, you know, how to make videos that people will watch. That's right. a tough thing. You have like. A-list creators who will do a panel, 
that get under a thousand views on YouTube. It's not easy making interview content successful in the YouTube algorithm. Not saying the quality isn't there, just it matters how it's edited and how it's presented. And I feel like we accomplished that this year. And it started with that Donnie Cates interview. And dude, we, I felt like actual directors. I felt like producers making that clip because to the viewer, we just happened to get a shot of me giving Donnie Cates a comic book and getting Donnie Cates to talk about a comic book he liked and getting the audio and making sure that the content was relevant and, and why we were chatting about it and, and that it would land with the community and getting it so that it wasn't like panel quality and he's talking over a bench. Like we got it. We were standing next to him. We had to orchestrate that whole freaking thing. More, a lot more went into that entire conversation than, than is visibly apparent from the outside. Describe what that was like. We, uh, we encountered Donnie Cates at his booth at Emerald City Comic Con, and he needed a copy of Carnage Mindbomb that right. you guys had apparently talked about before, like at New York Comic Con before that, um, 2018? Yeah, eight months prior, I had asked if he had anyone sign a copy of Carnage Mindbomb, and he said he was looking for a copy himself. He still doesn't have one. Hmm. So I went and got one prepared for Emerald City in case he didn't have one. So I had to validate that he hasn't gotten one for himself yet. Yeah, as we stopped by, talked to him for like a second, right? Didn't you check in with him and, and mention like, hey, you still looking for this comic book? Yeah, I was like passively like, hey, Connor's my mom, that's funny. Did you get one? I know you were looking for one at the con because I, I wanted to surprise him. Yeah. And he said, no, he still needed one and the damn book's only gone up. So we left and then we got the book. We came back and we knew that Donnie is a super nice dude. And there are times where people will ask to take his picture and he'll get up and walk around the table. And if he's not busy, he'll actually stand out there for a couple seconds and take pictures with maybe one or two other people. So we went back up there and we waited for like an hour. We stood in the back of that room. Like creepers. Creepers. Practicing what we were going to ambush him and how we were going to do it. And literally, we waited until someone asked for a picture and it was go time. Slav, you're going to get this shot. Ryan, you're coming with me at this angle. I'm coming from this angle. You need to get the shot of me meeting Donnie Cates and having him recognize that I'm holding this comic book in hand to give to him. We got the shot, gave it to him, and let him just start talking. And wow, what amazing content that became. Way better than I could have predicted. He, he basically gave us a miniature breakdown of Carnage Mind Bomb, like standing right there in the, in the convention hall and... It was totally unexpected, and we uh, we were very grateful. It was a cool moment. To Sir Cates. It, it was such a cool thing, and it made me super excited about Carnage. He that's the time where he talked to us about Silver Surfer and getting us excited about that and what he was gonna do with. It was like three, four months before that comic came out. He before more was art. He was just like, check out this more art. It's gonna be freaking crazy. Some preview pencils that he got sent. Yeah, we couldn't even really tell what we were looking at, but it was so beautiful. So, uh, twenty twenty. Any, any goals for the channel that you feel like you want to incorporate more, do more of, things that you may want to change or maybe excited to do? It's going to be interesting. I think we've talked recently about adding, like we've, we've, you've noticed as viewers or as listeners, I guess, if you're listening to this, there's been a few uh, extra segments that we started to kind of sprinkle throughout the podcast over the last few weeks. And I think through that, we're going to try to get some new uh, content ideas. But even even beyond that, I think we need to start looking at ideas for whole new shows altogether, right? Yeah, I want to take the opportunity in the podcast that we're doing throughout the week, possibly do more than one eventually when we grow large enough. 
And I also want to make some moves for like just entirely new show ideas. We started doing it with new segments towards the end of the year. I want to expand on those. I want to do more community work. I want to get more members of the community on the show to do segments. Um, you know, Bueller was on the show recently. We have yeah. Brian Polito regularly wanting to, you know, he's like, hey, dude, we got this thing going on. We'd love to chat about Cap. And boom, like, dude, let's have more, you know, fans of the show who like comics, who are passionate, be on the show and dish about comic books. I love it. I want to do more of that. I'm also interested in making 2020 um, about comic karma. I think mm-hmm. that is, I would say, like, as far as my, you know, summarize it in two words. And like my goal for next year is I want I want to take comic karma to the next level. That, those are the two words, comic karma. I have ideas. Um, I want to do some charity work. I want to make a difference in this community. And I think I have a few ideas of how we're going to get there. It's going to be pretty dope. Mysterious, but intriguing. I know. It's going to be more content, more comics, more of the same stuff that you've been getting from us since, honestly, what, April 2018? Can yep. you believe it's been that long? Right about that long. Going on two years that we've been doing this. I still feel new at it. I still feel like I'm brand new at this. Yeah, it's, that's always going to be there, I think, at least for a while. Well, we appreciate you, Comic Fam. Thanks for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed some of the changes we made. You know, if you like this portion of our production that we do, the bonus show, we really enjoy it. Please give us a rating on the audio platform that you're listening to us on. Thank you so much for being the best community in the world. Give us the best jobs in the world. And have a great new year. Party safely, people. Safely. A.K.A. Geek Responsibly. Very good. Peace, comic fam. Bye.